This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society. Please check us out on the web at thetailgatesociety.com for all types of fun content, podcasts, articles, you name it. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley. Chris, how are we doing this evening? Doing well, doing well, drinking a little Revelton honey whiskey. Trying nice. to drown my sorrows into uh, the two hours that I spent trying to secure a parking pass today online. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I take it that wasn't successful. Uh, I was able to secure one. Yes, oh, nice. but okay. it was a nightmare, a total nightmare. I uh, I can't imagine why this doesn't really seem like it's that big of a deal. That high profile of a game, uh, there aren't going to be too many people there. Anything like that, right? Right. You would think a technical school would have, I don't know, basic bandwidth to handle the traffic that would come to their website when they've had a week to, to queue up for it. But what do I know? <laughs> um, as we've established on this podcast, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and we are two minutes in and Tim's taking shots. All right. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's how that goes. That's um, fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad that you're you're able to uh, uh, to get parking. Um, I'm a little sad I'm not going to be at the game myself, but that's okay. Uh, it's probably better on my voice and my health and those around me uh, to be watching that from a safe distance. Uh, <laughs> where I can, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, um, did not get a chance to watch. Uh, the the first game live i was uh on the middle of a golf course in santa cruz uh so i yeah i know priorities right yeah uh, um but uh i was following along on my phone the whole time was checking it after every every time i got back to the cart um but uh yeah i otherwise you know things have been things have been good um, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time here. I'm pretty excited about our guests. Um, you keep on once again, Chris has absolutely knocked it out of the park, uh, booking some guests for us. And I'm really excited about that. So Chris, why don't you go ahead and introduce who we're going to be speaking to this evening? Yeah, well, tonight, uh, in honor of Cyhawk, uh, we're going to bring on, um, uh, big 12 coaches award winner, second team, all academic Big 12, Arthur Floyd Scott, outstanding offensive lineman for Iowa State, uh, former offensive lineman, Josh Kniffel. Josh, thanks for hopping on Old Man Strength with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's super great to have you on, uh, especially this week. Um, 
We're going to, I don't know if you're, you're, I don't think you're on Twitter. So you've missed the entire shitstorm that's happened the last two days as far as <laughs> Tyler Goodson dropping a bomb on, on everybody. And then Iowa State announcing their black uniforms today and watching Hawkeye Nation lose their ever living minds. Um, so we haven't even kicked the ball yet. And uh, game day's coming. So we thought, let's bring on somebody that uh, has played in the game for a while knows what it's like to lead up to that and um and just go from there so thanks for coming on and 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 listening and talking to us yeah no thanks for having me uh yeah my mom already uh, wait when uh she got home from work she uh let me know that uh we're wearing a little bit of a black uh this saturday <laughs> <laughs> uh, she also uh sent me an article with i think it was like wide right natty light with the whole like teams or professional teams that wear black or something like that or like I don't know she I mean it was like a whole list of teams that wear black and I was mad about them wearing black or something so so yeah I've been uh, I haven't been on Twitter but I've, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's filtered to you already yeah so I can I can see um again pretty crazy on Twitter so but I mean I don't know it's uh it's a little different this will kind of be the first year of me not playing um not playing in the game so uh um it's kind of a slow burn until saturday uh, i'm not trying to get uh, too excited or too ramped up yet uh, i'm just kind of letting it happen not watching a lot of sports center or anything like that you know I'm just don't want to watch all that stuff so you're pretty fresh out of the program so what's it like to watch those guys get ready to play and whatever and not be there Do you, i i mean clearly you got to miss it but what are some things that you miss most about it? Uh, I think, um, I don't know, I just think that the atmosphere there is just, it's a lot different. Um, you know, you can't really describe it. It's just kind of a different place. Um, like you said, it, you know, it sucks not playing anymore. But, I mean, um, I think what I miss the most is just kind of walking into Jack Dry Stadium. You know, like before every game, before every home game kind of routine that you do. You know, if it's certain music you listen to going from the gateway to, you know, tent row and getting off the bus, spirit walk to, you know, when you go out there for warm ups, you know, um, like for me, there's always a, there's always a sign there that says honor before victory in the tunnel. And so like that was always, I had to touch that before every time I walked down the field. So I don't know. It's just like those are the things like those little things is what you know I miss a lot. Um, however, I do not miss, at least not yet um the workouts like the friday the friday workouts <laughs> that, that stuff so i haven't gotten that far yet that i've missed it um but um you know it was a little different going to the game saturday so you know i missed a lot of those like little things but uh, i mean yeah I, i'm happy for the guys though i think i mean i still know a lot of those guys there and you know i was excited last year what they did and obviously i'm excited this year which i think every cyclone fan's excited for this year but um, you know, I just, I'm still the same way when I was, you know, playing with coach Campbell, it's still one week at a time, go every week is to go one and oh. So, um, I guess that's still how I'm treating it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing, uh, we've learned when, when talking with, with some of your former teammates, uh, uh, how much, uh, you all are still very much part of the, you know, you're not going to Friday workouts, but you're still very much, you know, feel like a part of the program and, and I get that sense from you as well that, that there's that you know 
you don't get to run out of the tunnel, but that's that place still very much feels like home for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, Iowa State will definitely always be home for me. I mean, obviously, I grew up a Cyclone fan, right? I was I was the kid on the hill, um, which, you know, then I got to the point where I was able to play there and play a lot of games, got to play a lot of big games, you know, been a part of the turnarounds. Um, but, you know, they're right. I mean, even though I'm not playing anymore, you know, Coach Campbell, um, he still reaches out to me uh, whenever he's not, you know, working 14, 14 hour day uh, <laughs> and the guys, you know, the guys will still reach out to me or I try to reach out to them, you know? Um, but I mean, yeah, it still feels like home. I mean, um, you know, I met my girlfriend there, you know, she played softball there, you know, so like me and her went to the game, you know, so that was like, you know, it was the first time she's been back in Ames since she graduated. So, I mean, it just, you know, it feels like home, just not even that Jack Trice, but just, you know, walk around the parking lots, tailgating and, being around campus, you know, still. So, I mean, yeah, it's still, it still, still feels like home and then, uh, you know, it's still, you know, the best place on the planet. So it's gotta be, it's gotta be fun though, to be able to take part in that tailgating that you missed out on, uh, when you were playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The tailgating, uh, <laughs> I could definitely get used to that. I could definitely, <laughs> get used to, uh, the yeah. tailgating. um, I mean, I guess I just, Obviously, like when I was younger, I was part of it, but like I wasn't part of it. Yeah. Um, and obviously on on the bus ride in for the games, like you saw it all and all that stuff. But like, you know, it, it's different being out there and actually tailgating. So that's been a lot of fun. And, you know, the best part about tailgating at Iowa State, I feel like, is you can just go from one tailgate to the next, not even know the person. It's just like they're going to offer you a beer, you know? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's the best part. I mean. If you wanted to, you could probably show up with nothing in your hands and you'll probably still get drunk at the end of the day. So (laughs) (laughs) we were at the Kansas game and it was uh, a little colder and we were actually in the sea lot. And as we walked to the game, I think we got stopped probably four or five times of people going, hey, you you look like you need a shot. You look like you need a shot. And by the time we got in there, my daughter and my wife were so hammered. (laughs) <laughs> that uh, I think my daughter laid down and took a nap uh, about middle of the second quarter. She was so hammered. So, and I was like, I, I got to slow down. I you guys are killing me over here, but no, yeah, you know, I it's mean, funny you say that too, because uh, we had, uh, we had Brent Curvey on last year and uh, he said that his first time he went tailgating uh, after he was playing, he was like, damn, he's like, you guys, you guys really live it up out here. He's like, you know, we have no idea what you guys are, you know, what it's like out here or whatever. We're, you know, we're getting prepped and ready to play. And you guys are, this is what it's like. I can see why everybody packs this place. Yeah, no, it's definitely like an exciting. And I think like, I don't know if they're still going to do that. They're still going to build like that power light district. They like the whole, like, I don't know what you want to call it. Like out in front of the parking Entertainment lot. area. Yeah. 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 Like they're doing like that. Like they're going to put some bars and stuff like that. Like, which I think is like 10 years down the road, but. I mean, it's already a pretty electric atmosphere as it is. So I can only imagine when they start like putting in stuff like that. You know, I think, I mean, it'll even go even over the top than it is already. So, but yeah, it's for sure. It's a fun atmosphere. Like I said, I can definitely get used to tailgating. So. Well, with what happens uh, uh, on Twitter, what we talked about and whatever else, let's, let's talk about uh, Tyler Goodson dropped a little bomb yesterday. Uh, calling it our, our Super Bowl, and uh, they, they don't really look into it as much as we do, and so on. 
does that kind of stuff get passed around to you guys? I mean, do you guys take that and use it or do you just blow it off? Is it bulletin board material like people say it is or? Um, I mean, I say, I, I would say that we're like aware of it. I mean, I think, you know, when you play for coach Campbell, I mean, you, you don't really get wrapped up in all that, you know, all that shit, you know, it's kind of, it's, you know, I think, you know, coach Campbell, you know, he's a big, like, you got we got to worry about ourselves first, right? We got to execute our plays, right? We have to be zoned into our details, you know. But like we're aware of it, but it don't really bother us, you know. I mean, we just, you know, we treat every game as a big game. Obviously, this game's gonna be a little bit bigger, right? And stay rival, and you know that whole works. But I mean, I don't know. I just that never really bothered me at all. It was just kind of like all it is is just words, you know, like, let's see what happens on Saturday. So, I mean, that's just kind of way I was, I think that's kind of everybody is at Iowa state and in the facility, you know, is that we really don't give a shit about all that stuff. So. Yeah. You know, one of the things with, with Matt that I think, you know, you hear a lot of that. This is their Super Bowl. This is their Super Bowl. This is their Super Bowl. I think that was something, certainly something that, you probably could have made a good argument for Danny Mac, right? Um, you know, he's a guy who came from Iowa. He really kind of coached up for that game. Matt tends to be pretty conservative in the first couple of games of the year. So it's not like he's busting out the playbook uh, every single time. And, and, you know, quite frankly, the results have probably uh, been a result of that as well. Uh, but it, it's hard for me to see after what, you know, Coach Mack and, and Coach Rhodes did in, in the Iowa game and the importance they placed on it. Uh, you know, the, this is their Super Bowl comment really made sense then. I think for, for Matt, he just, he, like you said, it's, it's taking it week by week and figuring out what, what is going on. And, you know, he obviously is more concerned about how we, we finish the season than, than how we start it for sure. Um, that said, uh, I can imagine Matt is someone who probably wants this game pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely when I came in, I was the same way. This was like, oh, this is, you know, this is the Super Bowl of the state, right? We got there's nothing else going on in the state except for this game. And but I think as the years went on, and like, I mean, just playing with Coach Campbell, it's it's, you know, yeah, does he want this game? Yeah, he probably does. But I think he wants every game though. Like mm -hmm. it's like he wants to win every game. You know, it doesn't matter how we want. Like he wants to win every game, right? He's a competitor, and I mean. I think that's why it was so much fun to play for him because it was, you know, he treated every week like a big week. So it didn't matter who we were playing or what the record was. It was like, it was a big week. Now, obviously me being an in-state kid, this was always, you know, a big game for me. Right. Because unfortunately I have friends at home that the worst thing about them is that they root for that team. Right. You know, but I mean, I mean, I definitely, I think he wants this, um, but does he want it more than other games? You know, I can't really say that. I just, I just playing underneath him. I just know coach Campbell, like he just wants to win every game and he wants to win it. You know how we should win it. You know, are we executing mm -hmm. plays? Are we doing the right things? Are we, you know, you know, all the way down to the, you know, the smallest detail. So, I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't speak for him, but you know, like, I, like for me being an state kid, you know, I want this one really bad. So, you know, I want this one, you know, you know, maybe a little bit more than others, but you know, that that's, that's me being part of this. Like you mentioned with coach Mack and coach Rhodes being in-state guys. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, there is definitely something uh, to that. I, I grew up like, I, I felt like the only cyclone 
in the heart of Hawkeye country in Eastern Iowa, uh, during the eighties and nineties where we were losing and losing and losing. Uh, so the game, you know, always meant a lot to me. And then when I got to college and we started winning the game with a fair amount of regularity, then it really, really meant a lot to me. Uh, this, when I hear people say, Oh, we shouldn't even play that game, whether that's Iowa state or Iowa fans. Um, I don't understand how you can feel that way. We're one of the, we're actually one of the few States, certainly one of the few States, our size that has two power five football teams that aren't in the same conference. Uh, And so they don't have a natural way of playing each other other than on a non-conference schedule. What better way to highlight all the amazing student athletes in your state than to have this awesome game and make it a big deal, in my opinion? No, I mean, I agree. I mean, I don't I don't get why people say that. To be honest, I wish like, you know, I wish like the way people viewed each team was, you know, some people might do this one way, but I wish like there was like more hatred, you know, like I feel that sometimes I hear like more people like, oh, you know, I'm not, you know, I root for both teams, but you know, on one weekend I vote for this team over this team, you know, like they don't do that down like Alabama versus Alabama. Oh no, no, they don't. No. Like, we're not killing trees up here. Yeah, like can there be a little bit more hatred going on between like the right, like you know, like I, like we say it's hate week, but like is it truly hate week? You know, like are we truly hating the other, you know, the other side? You know, like that's on both sides. I feel like I mean, there's some people that they stick to their guns, which those are the best people on both sides. You know, if you're you're true hawk or true clone, I mean, I mean, those are the people I appreciate at least. But I mean, I don't think I don't know why we should ever get rid of it. I think there was a time, like what in the '50s and '60s, like we never even played, which yeah, I don't even know why that was a thing. But I mean, to be honest, I wish this game was played in November. That's just me. Like, why? Yeah, you know, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, I mean, Iowa versus you know Iowa State versus Iowa in November would be better than. Iowa plays Nebraska, which we already know how that always ends. And then, you know, but like, like Georgia and Georgia Tech do it. Why can't Iowa and Iowa State do it? So, I mean, because I think it'd be better, right? It's going to be freaking cold out. It's probably going to be, you know, snowing out. It's Mm going to be, you know, it's like, that's Iowa weather. Like, that's Iowa football. Like, in general, like, that's the way football is played in Iowa. So, that's just my opinion. You know, 20 years ago, uh, because of 9-11, they did move that game to November. And, and it's probably one of the more memorable games mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the year and meant more because there was more on the line at that point uh, for rankings and for uh, bowl rankings and, and and the BCS and things like that. Well, maybe not the BCS. I'm yeah. sorry. That was that was 20 years ago. But, I mean, it, it was a big deal uh, when they played in November. I, I think um, – Bill Blank, who was on uh, the show a couple a uh, couple months ago, uh, when we had a Hawkeye and a Cyclone fan on, and we asked him, he was like, "I absolutely hate Iowa State, and I just soon see him lose every game because if they lose every game, it's better for Iowa." And I think that there's something to that in the fans' perspective, and probably in the programs. Right? If you are dominating the series or or winning quite a bit, the eyes of those kids that are growing up just starting to watch football and starting to pick their fandom base that off of those results of those games. And I can remember, you know, in the early eighties, I, what was it? There was 17 straight Iowa victories. I mean, it was into the eighties and into the nineties. I mean, there was a whole generation of kids that had never seen Iowa state win a game. Yeah. Um, and then the nineties kind of turned it around with Dan McCarney and, and it got competitive and so forth. And, 
And I think a lot of that has to do now with if Campbell can win this game and, and string a couple of those together, along with the culture that he's building up there. And let's be honest, the social media presence that they have, I mean, they have such a huge following on social media and, and, and those channels that reach those young people and the black uniforms and all that stuff that they're doing. They're not doing those black uniforms for people my age. They're doing it for those young kids to get eyes on it, to buy that gear, to, to get them interested in the program so that they can turn around and, and be a much more powerful presence in, in, in the country. That's so I think that game has significant implications, even though the coaches probably treat it like any other game, the implications for that game are a lot bigger than I think people let on. No, no, I agree. I th think, you know, I think especially, I mean, as of late, I mean, obviously I unfortunately never beat, never beat that team. Um, you know, I, there's three years in a row, I think it was like a possession or less than possession we lost by, right. Which will always be like, you know, just embarrassing to me, right. That we lost, you know, lost them not only three years, but the way we lost them in those mm -hmm. three years. Um, right. But I mean, I think with now, I think, you know, both teams are both going to compete to contend for one, a conference championship. Right. So like, it's getting to the point now where it's like, was this, yeah, game days coming, you know, what, second time in three years or whatever it is, right? I mean, you're hearing conversations more about it now with the whole Big 12 and uh, whoever the commissioner, what's the commissioner's name? Uh, Bolsby or whatever his name yeah. is. You know, I do, you know, you know, he he's, sucks. he's, yeah, he's <laughs> former Iowa AD, by the way. He yeah, I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. He, He's he's already not a big big twelve pedigree, so uh, yeah. yeah. So it's just like I mean, even with you know the rumor of like you know eventually Iowa State will join the Big Ten, which you know I'd be I, if it comes to that, it comes to that, you know. But like, I mean, this game I think is is has always been significant, but I think now it's even getting uh, it's becoming even a bigger stage. I think not only in Iowa but the Upper Midwest and throughout the whole country, this game's becoming. Um, more of a game or you know i think people are noticing more watching it more um which is a good thing it's a good thing for the whole state of iowa a top 10 matchup i can't i can't imagine in my entire lifetime ever ever even dreaming that the side hawk game would be a top 10 uh matchup i don't know uh josh you're you're younger than me growing up in hampton uh you said you had a mix of friends that were hawkeye and cyclone fans probably more cyclone fans than i grew up around certainly but can you can you ever think back to you being a kid thinking this game would ever be a top 10 matchup yeah no i never thought this would uh this would ever be a top 10 matchup um uh i am glad that you know there was a stretch there in my childhood you know we probably had the shittiest trophy in all rivalries you know across the <laughs> that's true I'm glad we have a better one now um i don't <laughs> know what the problem with the old one was but that was just me um yeah i'd never dreamed this to be a top 10 and even even when I was playing, you know, I mean, my senior year, I never dreamed it was going to be a game day, game day game. And you know, I, since I was seven years old, I watched game day, you know, every year or every day, every Saturday for 15 years, I watched college game day, you know, nine to 11. You know, I was the kid that sat in the living room and watched it. So I never would have expected it um, uh, to get like that. If you asked me when I was 10 or 12, but now it's like, it's kind of a no brainer. Like, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, throughout the whole country, I think the whole country knows this is going to be a big game. Yeah, it's two years in a row. I mean, two games in a row, we have game day for this game. So that's that's just 
crazy to think of in and of itself. Um, you know, two years ago when it was there and, and, and you were playing, what was uh, what was the buzz like for that? Was did it give you guys a little extra juice knowing that you were gonna be the premier spotlight there and and that the entire country was gonna be watching? Um, I don't know if it gave us like any more juice than we already had. Um, I think it was definitely exciting more for like our families because they're going to be able to be part of that. And, um, but I mean, I just remember like being with that game, I remember being like really juiced up going out there. Right. Because, um, not only with game day, right. Because it was my senior year. Right. And I wanted to get one from them. Um, but you know, what I remember the most from that game is, um, is all the, all this, you know, all the goddamn rain delays, you know. <laughs> That's right. I think, again, I think of all the guys. Like, I think I, I think my my brother in law had to leave like at halftime because of all the rain delays. To, like, go back home to like pick up my nieces because they've already been at, like their grandmas for like fifteen hours already that day. So it was just like it was a that's long day. Yeah, it was a long day. But I like, I don't know if it gave us more juice than than we already had. You know, I think we were just you know we were just ready to go. You know, and obviously the outcome wasn't what we wanted, but, you know, I mean, really looking back on it, you know, like obviously I remember some plays, you know, where like, you know, where I made some good blocks or we had some good plays. But the other day I was just thinking like, holy shit, we had so many rain delays. Like, <laughs> God damn rain delays. And I'm like, at one point, I don't even think it was lightning out. Like, I think it was just, it was just drizzling. They, they called the rain delay. So um, that's kind of my, uh, my memory of, uh, uh, of, college game day my senior year it is so you mentioned that you unfortunately didn't get to ever beat them in your college career there but do you have any any other like key memories uh from that game um, not, not just that game but the, i guess the rivalry in general um i guess one from when i was playing um i remember like my first my sophomore year um I think we ran like a play action pass to Akeem down the middle of the field. And I remember when he caught it and we, I think we went up, we went up, like we ended up taking the lead with like three minutes left in the game. And that's when we had the old gray jerseys on, right. From like, mm-hmm. yeah, like those gray jerseys. And um, I remember that play because like, that was like the first time in my career, like Jack Trice like exploded um, because it was like a 60 yard, you know, touchdown pass and stuff like that. But like, and then and I, got, I got a lot of other like memories and like me blocking or like me pancaking them and stuff like that, you know, and, and all that stuff. But my iconic Cyhawk memory is watching Jake not have the game winning interception at Kinnick stadium. Oh God. That was go so fun. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> I, for some reason, I just remember that. Cause I think I had to go to like, someone got married on, on Saturday, which should just be outlawed. You yeah. Know, I don't <laughs> yeah. Game. And I was like 12 or however old I was. And I remember we were going to miss the last two minutes of the game. So we were sitting in the car, not, you know, I'm pissed, you know, I'm 12 and I'm pissed because I want to watch the game. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden on the radio, you know, John Walters is like, you know, Jake, not with the pick, you know, and I remember just like being so pumped about it, you know, like freaking out in the car. And like, that's like my iconic, like non-playing memory uh, as a kid is, um, 
is that uh, is Jake Knott's uh, game-winning interception at Kenex. So. Yeah, I was I was on the road and I had literally gotten and this was an earlier version. So Sling before Sling became like a streaming service, it was like a device that you bought for your house and broadcast your cable box to your phone or whatever and that's how i watched that play is i literally used i had like the sling box hooked up to my tv at my house and broadcast it uh from my phone because yes you are you are right uh any self-respecting iowan that has their their wedding on the day of the Cyhawk, better be holding it in the tailgate lots or nowhere else. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no like, kidding. But I feel like every year you always hear about it. Someone's getting I'm like, you know, it's you know, it's the same weekend every single year. Yeah. So why are we having weddings? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, are, yeah, why are we having weddings? Why are people falling in love and getting married? That's ridiculous. Yeah, on both sides. You do it on a Sunday. Yeah, it should be like a misdemeanor in the state of Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, I got married on a Friday. That was like, that was a hell of a lot cheaper to get married on uh, a Friday. No, yeah. that's really smart. But the, the only wedding I went to this year was on a Friday, and I enjoyed it because I still had my whole weekend. That's um, right. So you know, Josh, we had we had Julian Good Jones on uh, a couple weeks ago. We had kind of talked uh, a little bit about how um, on the offensive line. You're a little bit of an unsung hero. Your name isn't really going to get called unless you did something wrong in a lot of ways. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, but, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, some of those pancake blocks or some of those fun things. Is there a play in your career maybe that that stands out where you were particularly proud of, of your role in that play? Um, I would say like the, like the best, well, the best game I ever had was my junior year against Kansas State when we came back and won that game. I think I had like, you know, I think it was like I had double digit pancakes that game. Nice. I just remember it was just like you felt like you were just like a high schooler going against a middle school out there. <laughs> That's what it felt like. like there's gonna be those moments like when you're playing, you're like, holy shit, this is easy. Like you feel like you're back in high school again. Um, but I mean I guess my like iconic like my first I think it was like again Iowa at Kinnick my junior year and I remember it was like the first our first possession I remember just like rolling this guy right out the gate and I was just like oh here we go like this game. <laughs> you know, unfortunately it didn't turn out like that but I remember like holy shit this is it's it's gonna be freaking on and I, I'm like I'm gonna rack up the case today and um um so like those are my I like my like those are like my iconic, like, you know, pancaking memories. Um, but Julian was right. You know, you don't, you don't get any credit. Right. I mean, you know, I felt bad for him because like if whoever like false starts in the line, they usually just call the tackle and he was always a left tackle. So like he probably, got <laughs> like he probably deserved or whatever, which is a benefit of like playing inside. Um, <laughs> no, you mean, uh, like, I think Julian would also speak about like, we kind of liked it, you know, like, just like, we didn't really give a shit that we didn't get a lot of spotlight, you know, like, mm-hmm. we go in the old line room and like, you know, we highlight some good things or like at the end of the day, we'd laugh about us, you know, you know, screwing up or whatever. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, that, yeah, Julian's right about that. And I guess those are kind of my uh, iconic, you know, pancaking memories, at least to some off the top of my head. Well, now, now, did you see oh. that Denny's is actually, uh, <laughs> Because of the name image likeness stuff, they're actually creating their all pancakers team. 
So so Denny's is actually going to highlight guys like you, uh, uh, which I think is pretty fantastic. I mean, I'm more of a village in guy. I used to be like our thing at Iowa State, like Saturday, we come in, get like a workout in the off season. Like it's all go to village in. So like 15, 300 plus guys used to walk into village in. Oh, I, yeah. I bet oh, they just shit their pants. They're like, oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah, we'd eat the shit out of all their food, you know. But, you know, I, I appreciate Denny. <laughs> you know, I'm more of a village in guy, you know, it's. You know, it's cheap, good food. Hey, I appreciate Denny's doing that. I, yeah, I I'm, I'm surprised like, IHOP didn't jump on. Like, Denny's yeah, scooped right. him. Like, IHOP should have, have done that. But, I mean, that's a good way to get guys, you know, like I said, unsung on the offensive line that don't get their name called. They're not going to get the, the NIL. I mean, you know. I, I'd have to ask, though, like, who's the one deciding what's a good pancake or not? Like, who's watching the games? Like, is it Jeff Saturday deciding this? Then it's okay, right? <laughs> Yeah. About. Or is it, you know, Kirk Herbstreit who doesn't know anything besides Ohio State football making the decision? You know, like those those are the questions I have for Denny's. And then how much <laughs> you know, like if you if you're on the all cake team, are you getting a thousand you, you getting a grand or how's this working? I mean, yeah, no, I don't know. Chris, do you know any more of that? Yeah, I think you saw that too. I, you didn't know, you? I saw it scroll. I'll I'll try to find it, but I saw it scroll uh earlier. While I'm looking, though, I got to ask, since we're talking about getting called out for for what other people did, I, I got to ask you about the fight at Baylor and you getting ejected. Yeah. Because my favorite part of that is later on when people dubbed you running back out into the into the stadium with Stone Cold's music playing and JR's dubbing going, uh, <laughs> and talking about WWE. And here he comes. He's coming from the back. And Stone Cold, it's the greatest video floating out there ever but i gotta ask a when they when they kicked you off the field how pissed off with you were you that you knew you hadn't thrown a punch and then how did they did they come in and tell you we need you to come back out or what was just run us through that because oh so like it's pretty great actually it it is it it's fantastic and chris i'm glad you asked this question because josh i want to hear this answer so actually leading up before the play a lot of people don't remember that, you know, Baylor, you know, being Baylor, right. They take David into the coolers on our sideline. Yes. Like, I yep. play two plays before that. Right. So we're already getting kind of pissed. Right. We're already kind of like, what's going on. Okay. You know, I get it. You don't got your heated benches over there. We understand that. Um, and so then, so the next play, then two plays later, right? That's when, you know, it kind of just all, hit, you know, shit hit the fan, right? You see Akeem, you know, I think he's like choking someone out on the field, right? Which is pretty awesome or whatever. <laughs> and then all of a sudden leads into it, right? And then everybody sees the whole thing, right? The guy leans over, hits David, David punches back, you know? And, um, and soon after that, the first thing that pops me, you know, I see Coach Cam, he's just yelling at me, right? He's screaming at me, right? You know? calling me you know what right because i threw a punch which i didn't throw a punch so i'm pissed because like i didn't even throw a punch and i'm getting kicked out i'm like well, i'm gonna get kicked out i should have threw a punch then like i should have just <laughs> should have went all out because i'm gonna get kicked out for this so i remember they kicked me out i run up there i quit my guy dryer he's with me and i'm running up there and i'm, I'm cussing up a storm you know i'm dropping every every word in the book right and we get up there i get in the locker i'm pretty sure i like throw my helmet into a locker right you know i'm still cussing then all of a sudden, like this, like, you know, like fat, you know, security guard walks into the locker room 
And he's like, uh, you're not kicked out. And so I remember like running all the way back down after finding my home <laughs> and we get to the field. Right. And then I like, I don't really remember the fans going crazy because this time I'm, I'm fucking exhausted. Right. Like I, I ran all the way back up down and all the way back down. You know, you made an O lineman do never, all of that running. <laughs> yeah. And then I get there in the most coach Campbell play ever we call a run play. And so then I'm running even more, you know, we can't just call a simple bubble play, right? <laughs> Catch my breath, but um, no, I, yeah, I, that's kind of my, uh, that is my um, claim to fame, I guess, that I would say either that one or me running into the pile without a helmet on. Uh, those are probably my two. Uh, mm, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, nope. No, I, I wanted to ask you about that too. Uh, it, any insight on that one you care to share? Um, I just remember pushing the plow. My helmet came off. I didn't hear the whistle. So I'm like, shit, I'm going to go jump back in the pile. <laughs> so I went back in. I, the pile. I was jacked. You know, we moved like ran the ball at 30 yards with like, you know, 50, you know, like everybody's in a scrum, you know, like the most iconic football thing ever. Right. And I get up and they, have a, they throw a flag. I said, a flag. You know, like you can't run there with your helmet on. I'm like, I chose to do that. That was my decision. Why am I getting punched for making my own decision? You know, like, I'm really pissed off about that, you know. I, you know, I want to say Coach Campbell kind of gave me a look like, you know, you know, why the hell did you do that? But also <laughs> like, you know, I appreciate the effort, you know. And then I just remember like <laughs> the equipment guys like trying to fix my helmet for or figure out why it came off and all that stuff. So, but I don't regret doing that though. I'd do it again. You know, I asked Julian uh, two weeks ago, and I didn't get it. Uh, I got the PC answer, so I'm going <laughs> to ask you. Uh, I want to know what Matt Campbell's like when he's super pissed. What's Coach Cam? I mean, he's got this whole straight laced whole image out in front of everybody, but I know he's got to like let loose in the locker room. Just give us a little bit of a tidbit of what unfiltered Matt Campbell is. Like. Oh man. You know, Coach Campbell, you know, like I said, he's pretty even right? right? He's the, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, he, you know, he doesn't like to, you know, but there's times though where he, uh, he lets it loose. And when he lets it loose, uh, you know, he lets it all out, you know, he'll call you out straight how it is. He'll be brutally honest with you. Um, uh, I don't, I guess I got to keep it PG a little bit too. Um, but I mean, you know, there's times though you walk. I swear you guys sign some kind of an agreement when you leave there. Yeah, yeah, you know, it stays within that facility. You know, it stays within that facility. You know, that's just kind of that's, that's cool. kind of how we no, did it. I think that's kind of our unwritten rule. You know, we keep it how it is. You know, we'll talk about stuff that happened on the field. You know, but what happened between those walls happened between those walls. But you know, there's times running up that tunnel. You know, to go oh, shit. Coach Campbell's about to just let us have it at halftime. <laughs> Someone's about to let us have it. Um, you know, and you you know, and you know, right when you hit the seat, you know, it's on. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. I guess I can't say too much more than that. That's just like you say, it's kind of an unwritten rule. I guess for some of us. Uh, no, jo Josh, I, I completely respect that. One thing that you've said and one thing that Julian said, the word that I've heard you both kind of say is family. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we don't let our family garbage out into the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we're, we're going to take care of that in house and we're going to respect each other and, and, and all of that. Um, which I think is, is, 
family sometimes gets to be maybe a, a cliched, you know, a hackneyed buzzword in sports. Um, but you've been around other environments. What do you think is unique about that type of Matt Campbell-driven family environment compared to some other environments that, that you've been in? Um, I think the first thing is just kind of that trust level. Um, you know, it doesn't take very long before you just kind of start trusting everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, you, like Coach Campbell always has his door open, you know. And I know that sounds like cliche is for like every other coach, but like he truly has like his door open. Right. So if you have a problem, like you can go in and talk to him about it, you know, and, you know, I think what's special about Coach Camp is he also respects like, you know, our space in the locker room, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that, I don't think that happens at a lot of places. And that's not just with Coach Campbell. That's like with all the coaches from athletic staff, equipment staff, anybody that's, you know, working within those built within those walls, you know, it's that trust, you know, and also respect, right? That, you know, you have a lot of hard conversations when you sit in the locker room with, you know, with everybody being there, right? Even with the coaches, right? You have a lot of hard conversations that, you know, you just know that, hey, you just need to stay within these walls and, you know, that it's kind of a us versus, you know, us versus the world mentality a little bit, right? Like, especially, you know, when I got there, right? We weren't the big name guys or, we hadn't really accomplished anything yet. So it's, it's us versus everybody. And, um, and, and that's just kind of what it is. And it's just, you know, um, you know, I think coach Campbell, I think he gave a great quote, great quote after the UNI game, you know, he says like greatness doesn't lie in others lies within yourself, right? Like you have to worry about what you're doing and what your team's doing. And, you know, and that guy goes a long way, you know, that, I mean, he hit, you know, that's true. You know, that's just, you know, that's the kind of guy he is and the coaches and, and the players itself too. You know, we, we always did stuff together, you know, where there was one of us, it felt like there was five of us. And uh, I just don't think you get that in a lot of places. They say they have that, but uh, I just, I just don't, I just don't, I think Iowa State's just that 1% out there that, you know, truly understands like family and a positive culture and, and uh, a culture that, you know, you're just there for each other and, and, and you're also your families too. Yeah. You know, one thing that was really interesting to me is when Matt Campbell gets there um, and Mike Warren gets called out by, by coach Campbell in the press, like early on uh the way and i have a lot of respect for mike for the way that he responded and stayed with the program and, and everything but it, i it set a tone i guess for me is that that matt's going to be hard on anyone and everyone he's going to love everyone and ev- anyone and everyone um but he's going to let everyone kind of know where they're at and make sure that he's still they still seem to whatever reason respect him, you know, after the fact for all of that. Um, I don't know what it is about him that allows him to do things. Cause it's not like he's calling out players individually all the time, but you get asked, you know, enough questions about Mike Warren and, you know, cause Mike had done something that no other Iowa state player had done as a freshman run for over a thousand yards. You hadn't seen that. Um, I, I don't know what it is about the way that he does that and how he maybe addresses players after he's done that publicly. Uh, but it seems like people still really respect him when, when even he, he has to be a little, a little publicly hard, I guess. 
Yeah, no, he he is he's definitely honest, but it's it's like a different kind of honesty. I, I feel like you know, like there's times where he you know he was straight up with me. You know, like if I had a good game or if I had a bad game or things I need to be better on and off the field. That's just who he was, and I think that's what makes you know. I feel like in today's society, you can't do that. You know, I think someone someone's gonna get all hurt in their feelings about that. Where mm-hmm. you know when you come play at Iowa State underneath Coach Campbell underneath those coaches. You have to be willing to understand that they're going to have hard conversations. We're going to be brutally honest, right? And it's not to put you down, but to make you better and to make the guy next to you better and the program better, you know. And it, and I, and like I, like I said, that this doesn't happen around the country. Like what what they're what we're doing at Iowa State is is one in a million. And I, people yeah. laugh about that, but I'm I. You know, I'll go to my grave. It, it is, it is, it's a unique place. And a lot of people just don't understand that. And I've had a hard time with that and not being part of that. There's a lot of people think they know what they're talking about when it comes to culture, but they really don't know a damn thing about it. And um, so that's definitely something um, I've struggled with. I mean, it's, it's certainly something it, there's, you played, you blocked for, uh, a lot of guys that should have a big ego and it doesn't seem like a lot of those players develop the big ego. They're still pretty kind of humble, personable guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you played with guys, you know, multiple guys on that offensive line that, that at least got to, you know, go to training camp or have a cup of coffee in the NFL. So certainly a, a lot of, a lot of talent to your left and your right as well. Right. Um, but it never, it, it's, it's never felt like, and so we drive this word culture into the ground. So uh, the point where it almost loses meaning, but it is something that is, is, is fun to see. Um, and uh, you know, I know that for, uh, there have been issues here recently uh, with, you know, that team out East and, and, and their culture. But I will say that, you know, for 20 years, Captain Kirk has also kind of established what his culture is like as well. Is it just something about uh, Midwest and Iowa and, and that type of thing, do you think, that contributes to that? Or, or do you think there's something else going on? Um, I do think there is a value of, like, the Midwest, right? Because you can consider Ohio the Midwest, right? We can have that whole debate if they're in the Midwest or not, you know? Right, right. Whatever, right? We'll say that, you know. But I do think there is a value about um, kind of playing or growing up in the Midwest because I think there's some values of, you know, not only just being, like, like just physically tough, but also being, like, mentally tough and, and working your ass off and understanding that, you know, you may not have everything, but, you know, you have something or you may have more than others. So you got to be grateful in that. And I do think there's a value of that that I think is special to this area of the country that I don't think a lot of people understand, like out on the east or west coast or even, you know, down, you know, down by the Gulf. I just don't think they understand that. And mm-hmm. um, and I don't think, you know, obviously you're seeing Iowa State and, um you know, you're seeing it, you know, what, what Kirk's done there, but you mean, you also see it up in Wisconsin, you know, you see it, you know, even at the FCS level, right. You've seen what obviously North Dakota state's done mm-hmm. up there and, and not just in football, but in other sports, right. Obviously wrestling's a big one. You know, you just see that, you know, I feel like it comes down to is those values that I just spoke of, like those are at least the base or part of the foundation 
of those, you know, successful uh, programs in whatever sport it is, big or small, in the upper Midwest. Yeah, you know, I, I live in, in Minneapolis, and I feel like that's been one of the, the key pieces that they have been missing uh, for a few years now in both football and basketball is is they it's almost it, it's not it's not a big market but it but by midwest standards it's, it's a big market mm-hmm. um i don't know that i've gotten the same sense of kind of that that uh nose to the grindstone hold each other accountable type of of mentality uh that i've seen out of you know you mentioned wisconsin as well I, it, like i've seen out of some of those other programs so uh, man, again, Cyhawk Week. What an what an exciting time to have two programs, kind of with with that. You know, it's not just hardworking farm boys, but there's certainly some of those too, right? But you know, that that's why I think it should be held in November, right? Because it'd be iconic Midwest game. So yeah, that's just me. Like like growing up, it was you know Bears, Packers it's freaking cold outside right i mean right. run ball you know at the end of the day right like harvest yeah. is over with yes <laughs> right yeah. getting done with harvest we're about to kind of go into hibernation because it's about to get freaking cold right it's about to get negative 40 outside yeah right it's kind of our last thing before we go into that so there, there's another point why we and I, in november and a nice night game yeah for sure <laughs> Not eleven o'clock game. I hate eleven o'clock games. No, nope. it's so stupid. I hated it. I hate I, getting up. Oh my god, man! I was so I was over this past weekend. I was out in in uh, in Santa Cruz. I had mentioned, and it was goofy for me to be checking scores at nine in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> like like this, it didn't even feel like right that I was checking up on on scores. And so now that we get into the world. And I kind of want to get into this with you. Uh, uh, this idea of these super conferences, right? So we we learned today that UCF has officially submitted their paperwork for joining the conference, right? So they're only one time zone away. Um, but then if you bring in someone like a BYU, now they're crossing two different time zones. Um, uh, you certainly travel for bowl games and whatnot, but you never really, well, I guess West Virginia, right. But, but uh, what kind of, of mental and physical impact does it when, when you're having to jump all around the country? Um, I mean, I'm not, not as much as I, as you would think, you know, like we played West Virginia. We've also played Akron right during the regular season. Yeah, right. Right. But I mean, when you get there, you don't like, there's, you know, you don't go see a town, right? Like you're there, you're off the plane, you go put your bags up, you have team mail, you have an hour and a half to, if your family's there, you see your family or you call on your family or whatever it is. And then it's meetings. And then when you're done with meetings, right. Then it's like either, you know, team chapel or it's, you know, you're getting ready for bed and then you wake up the next day, depending on the game, either you'll have a quick meeting or a breakfast, whatever it is, right. Like however meetings and suppers and chapel goes, right. Then it's game day. Right. It's, it's here we go. It's time to play. So like, I don't think it would be that big of a deal um, as a player, but I would see like, it could become a problem like as a fan or even like the financial part of things. Like if you have, you bring BYU and UCF and like you got to fly all the way out to Florida and then you got to fly all the way out to BYU. Like 
now we, you know, power five, you should have plenty of money to do that. But I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, if UCF joined, I, you know, I think it'd be okay for the big 12. Like, I don't think it would be anything great. Um, I mean, we wouldn't really begin like a Florida market. I mean, that's consumed by, uh, you know, university of Florida and Florida state and Miami. So I don't, I mean, I, I rather the big 12 go out and get Memphis and Cincinnati to join the big 12 um, or if Arkansas and Missouri were smart, they would just come, they would just join the big 12, right? Because they're not going to win the sec, right? They're, that they're just going to go, maybe go six and six. I, I uh, think they're enjoying that money more than anything right now. Oh yeah. 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 And, that, and that's another thing. I'm not a fan of super conferences. Um, I hate it. You know, like, because, you know, back to the whole Midwest thing, like, I think it's like, it means more and it's just, there's more excitement, not only for maybe for some players, but definitely like the fans and like the, the environment you're going to play in when you're just playing teams in the Midwest. Like mm-hmm. if there was just a conference where it's Missouri, you know, the Iowa schools, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, like Nebraska, right? Like it's all upper Midwest, right? You know, all the kids in the upper Midwest are going to be watching these games right you know the environment's going to be even more loud more intense you know you know more extreme because it's like hey they're two hours down the road they're three hours down the road right but it's like like you nebraska you go out playing rutgers like that's not that exciting you're going out there to rutgers who who sucks right like yeah. what kid in nebraska wants to watch you know you know, play Nebraska, you know, that's kind of, I guess my, example. I just, I'm just not a fan. I'm just not a fan of it. I just think, you know, I get it. Money talks and, and all that stuff. And I mean, I don't know. So all that said, where was your favorite uh, stadium to play at other than Jack Trice? Where was your least favorite? My least favorite or the, my like most favorite. Both. 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 Okay. Uh, least favorite, definitely Kansas. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think Julian said that too, didn't he, Chris? Like, like, yeah, did you talk about the locker room at all? How big of like a shithole that is? There was one bathroom. There was one bathroom in that whole locker room. Underneath the stands, you know, you feel like you're back in high school again. Um, you know, I, I played in Juco and there was better locker rooms out in Dodge City, Kansas, than there was in Lawrence, Kansas. Right. <laughs> Like I think they were selling for, like beer in the end zone, and there still wasn't people there. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, that was probably the least favorite one. I think the most exciting one though is definitely West Virginia. Really, um, and the reason why I say West Virginia is because their fans are definitely unique in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? Um, if I remember right, when you drive by the stadium, there's like a trailer park there, alternating colors, blue and yellow which, you know, I think it's like, you know, it's kind of scumbaggish, but it's awesome. Um, right. And the fans are just into it. Right. They, you know, they're like the same size as Jack Trice, but like, they just get into it. Like they bleed uh, blue and gold. Like no, like they're just into it. Like, especially when we played them in October, it was like, they got done deer hunting. You know, they are rolling into their trucks. Right. And they're about to go to the game. And I'm, I think they sell booze. Right. So that even, maybe even more of a crazier environment but you know, i picked that you know people get surprised i don't play like oklahoma and texas i mean um like they get loud but they should be loud they're like ninety thousand people in there like, yeah it should be freaking loud i got like why wouldn't it be loud um oklahoma did have the best grass though they did have the best grass um 
just and Jack Trice was a nice grass. Like we we got a nice feel too, but like I've never played on like that Bermuda grass before. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty freaking nice. Obviously, we can't have that in Iowa, but it was it was it was nice. Besides Jack Trice, I'd say Oklahoma is probably the best grass field. But well, I did see that Cincinnati applied or is going to apply tomorrow for admission. So I, I would have liked to have seen maybe more uh, uh, of some of the mountain teams like Boise State. I would have liked to have seen them come in because um, I, I, I do miss those rivalries that we played with Colorado back in the day mm-hmm. and that area of the country. So that seems more Big 12-ish to me than, uh, than Central Florida. But, I mean, I get it. I, I get why they're why they're bringing them in. But uh, I'm I mean, Big 12 still going to be Big 12. Yeah, I, and it should be. They should try to keep Big 12. They shouldn't just disband, right? And if Texas Oklahoma leave, you can let them leave. I mean, I don't don't really care about them anyway. Um, Texas passes into to them. Yes, yeah. I mean, like, with the whole, like, why, like, like, a lot of people don't know, like, Iowa State, Missouri, we have a trophy game for that. Like, people don't know that, like, the telephone trophy. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I like it down the road. We get maybe a non-conference game, us and Missouri, you know, I think it would be awesome if Iowa State, we play Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri's are three non-conference games every year. I, I'd be able to a trophy game every year, you know, and it's on, you know, like, I'd be down for that. I hope a lot more than you and I, it seems like, because you yeah. and I. <laughs> I just, I just think that'd be crazy. I, think, I mean, like, they're three hours away, right? I mean, we can make up some trophy with Nebraska, right? However you want to, uh, whatever trophy you want to make, right? But Missouri, we still have that trophy. And just like, even like Missouri, can't, even though Kansas sucks, but it's like, you don't get like this, you know, whatever they called it. You know, I don't know if they called it the Civil War or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But like, you don't get that anymore. You know, yeah. like the a and Texas game, you don't get that anymore. Like, those are the games I grew up watching as a kid. Yeah. You, you don't get them, right? That's what I hate about Super Conference. It ruins tradition. And I, and I like tradition. I'm all about, you know, all that stuff. So that's why I'm never a fan of it. No, I hear you. I, I would throw in, like, maybe alternate every other year, throw in Minnesota. I've always wanted, and I know I live in Minnesota, but I've always wanted to see in Iowa State, Minnesota. I mean, not just because of the, the bad blood with the Jack Trice, you know, mm-hmm. what happened there, but just also because, again, it is, it's three hours away. I. Uh, in the Midwest, actually, outside of Iowa, I think there are more alumni in the Twin Cities than there are anywhere. Maybe Kansas City, but I, but it's there's a very large Iowa State presence up here. Um, I, I mean, we both hate Iowa. I went to a Gopher uh, Air Force game once, and they started out in a chant of "Who hates Iowa? We hate Iowa." When Iowa <laughs> had nothing to do with that game, so I it, we're kindred spirits in a lot of ways there for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I I would like to to see that. I I kind of dig your idea of you know just like an all upper Midwest type of conference too. I think that would be fun. Yeah, it would be sure. cool. I I wouldn't mind having a PJ Fleck, Matt Campbell, you know, matchup there either. You know, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be a good one too. Just seeing them two interact would be, I think, would be interesting. Um, yeah, man, that that guy. Oh. <laughs> PJ Fleck really rubs me the wrong way. He's exactly who I didn't want. Uh, you know, when he was at Western Michigan, I, I made fun of him a lot. Uh, and so when 
we did not get him at Iowa State and he went to the Gophers, I was like, we dodged a bullet there because he, I don't, I can't imagine his ego in Ames, Iowa. I, I simply no. can't. No, that no. would not, that would not be a lot. That, I don't think that would, he wouldn't have been around too long um, with that. Um, we already had Tom Herman as an assistant in Ames and that was enough. Yeah, mm. that was, that was definitely enough. Old, old Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh tom left iowa state for uh bitter waters and then iowa state i'm getting him fired so it's funny how karma works you know? <laughs> well well shoot um josh i don't want to take up too much more of your time but chris what other what other questions do we want to get you know let's talk about um let's talk about your um your camp experience with the bengal tell us about that um one it was different uh with the whole covid thing um i think uh i think it was me and uh i think it was me actually me and julian and bryce meeker and i think it was just us three we were about to go to the facility we had a week before pro day and we were told that we can't go in there because of uh, the pandemic, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so that right out the gate was a shit show with COVID, right? And you don't know what's going to happen, right? And, you know, thankfully I get a call, I go to the Bengals, right? And I don't know if we were going to have an NFL season. I don't get told until a week before I'm flown out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember getting flown out there. I'd be like six days of quarantine in my hotel. The only mm-hmm. time we left was to go get tested. Like they brought the food to your room. Um, so that was a whole different experience. And then throughout camp, you got tested. Um, but it, it was, you know, it was just different, you know. Um, you know, I hate to beat a dead horse with, you know, Campbell and, you know, the Campbell culture. But, you know, like that's where I kind of told tell the difference. I was just like, yeah, I'm not in Ames, Iowa anymore. Like this isn't, you know, I'm not. This is a whole different environment than I've been used to the past three years. Um but, uh, you know, it was, I learned a lot. Um, you know, I think, it, you know, it is about money. The NFL is, it's, at least my experience, it just felt like it was, you know, it was all about money. And, um, you know, it, I mean, I feel like the only good, to, you know, when I got to just go out there and play, you know, but besides that, you know, it just wasn't where I was used to. Sure. Um, but, you know, I'm thankful I still had the opportunity. I was on practice squad. Um, for the first um, for, first little part of the season um, before I got cut and and um, um, but it was good you know I you know looking back and like yeah I went against all pro players you know with like Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins and you know I got to snap the ball to Joe Burrow so that'll be something I'll probably always talk about down the road but um, but besides that that was kind of my experience you know that that was mine it could have been different for other guys and different uh, teams, or it might have been different because if we didn't have, you know, a pandemic going on, um, might have been different. Um, but that, that overall, that was, you know, that was my experience of uh, playing with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I did feel like more people in that town were more Bearcats than Bengals. Like, oh, uh, sure. Definitely got the vibe that, you know, um, a lot of people didn't like Mr. Brown. Um, you know, raising all his tax dollars to build a new stadium and still don't win playoff games. Sure. Um, that can rub people the wrong way. Uh, so people are big, big, big Bearcats fan. Um, so that was the vibe I got. Um, and, 
so yeah, that 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 was my my experience. Well, let, what do you uh, let's let's circle back and end with with a couple Cyhawk questions. You had three games against them. Uh, which one was which one was the tougher loss? Because for me, it was probably 2019. Um, just knowing that I think if we would have fielded that punt, we'd have had a really good shot of of driving down and, and scoring. But the other two games for me were the 44 to 41 game back and forth, back and forth. That was just one of those ones where it was the last team that was going to was going to win. And then I felt like that that clunker of 13 to three. It just seemed like we could never get anything started. Which one for you was probably more hard to take? Um, I'd probably say that. I mean, I don't know. That first one, like you said, that's tough. That 44 to 41, you know, looking back, there are some plays that, you know, if we would have executed, we would have won. Or I think that was the game, you know. Um, Coach Aycock, you know, we're trying to figure out that defense, which is, you know, now become famous across the country, right? So, Whenever you watch Clemson, you know where they got their defense from, right? So I like to tell people, right? You start watching these odd front teams, and like, you know, I get from Iowa State, I like to brag about it. Um, <laughs> no, so we're trying to figure that out. But I think there's a couple times, you know, during that that 41 to 40, 44 to 41 loss, you know, I think we kind of gave up some, you know, some third and longs mm-hmm. um, that we shouldn't have. Um, so that that one was tough, you know, because I, you know. Um, but that 19, it's tough because, you know, everybody remembers the punt, but a lot of people don't remember we were about to score. We we're about to, we we're in the red zone. We we're about, to, you know, we're moving the ball. And I think it was third down. And um, my right, uh, uh, Bryce Meeker was uh, my right tackle, was blocking someone. And they called the hold on him. And, and I, it just, Obviously, being alignment, I don't think that was a good call because I remember going over there and hitting that guy. And I remember Meeker just like tossing them. Mm-hmm. They called the hold on that. And what people don't forget, don't remember is that same play, we had a pass interference on, Desha- on Deshante. And if they don't call that hold, we're now first and 10 at the 20, maybe three minutes left in the game. Why we're going to seal it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. like, that one's tough because it's like, you know, I was pissed because I'm like, that's not a hold. Like, you know, like that, that, that we do that every game. We've done that every game for how many years. And, and they called that. And, and, and then obviously people remember the punt, you know, I do believe if we had gotten the punt. We would have marched right down there and scored and it would have been game. Um, but, but that, that wasn't, you know, I know people talk about that a lot, but people also forget. I think we turned the ball over in our, in the red zone in the first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, killer, but I'd say probably those two. That one at Kinnick, that was just a weird game. Um, yeah, we we can you know we can't really get anything going. Um, I did experience the pink walls. They're nothing. It's not really that special. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it's more of a white. So I'm just like, I didn't really feel any sleepy. So or whatever, <laughs> do to me whatever whatever shit they have. I don't know whatever their science is. I guess. Um, uh. Um, I would say that, you know, Kenneth gets loud, but um, it gets loud because they're on top of you, but it's not like, you know, their fans let you, like, I, like when we went to West Virginia, like the fans like knew you and like would let you know, like your whole life story. <laughs> <laughs> like, they knew everything about you. But like at Kenneth, it was like, 
they, you know, they just weren't very good, like trash talkers. Like, if that makes sense, I'm just, no, <laughs> like, I, it got, like it definitely got loud. Like the way their stadium built is like the perfect, you know, like, it's just like they're on top of you, like Oklahoma state is too, but yeah, you know, came to like trash talking. It was, it was like, you know, I wasn't like overly impressed, but that was, <laughs> that was just me. So what's your, what's your prediction for this Saturday's game? Uh, predictions we get the win that that's a prediction that's a prediction we get the win um you God. know I, I just think uh you know i i mean i, I don't i don't do the whole like all oh, the score is gonna be i think it's gonna be a good game it's always gonna be a good game i think that's what fans have to expect from here on out and it's gonna be a good game every year just like it's been the past three times right it's it's that's just the way it is and um you know uh I, you know i think uh I think we'll get the win this weekend. I think we'll we'll get it, and um, however we get it, you know, as long as we get it, that that's what that's what matters. And uh, so I'm excited. Um, I have no idea how I'm going to be watching it. You know, um, I might be better off just watching it by myself in a room with the door closed. And, <laughs> and uh, just no moment. But, well. We'll wrap up here. Uh, we typically wrap up with a with a final question. So uh, your mom, when she set this up for us, uh, asked me uh, if I could send over any questions. And so I, I told her to tell you to just listen to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> and not give you any heads up. But part of what we do here is we just try to, you know, Tim and I are a couple of dads. Um, and we like to give out advice and, and things like that. So a little philo- philosophical question here. What is, what do you think the definition of success is? And based off that definition, who would you say is the most successful person that, you know? Um, so I think first, you know, success, you know, isn't measured by just winning and losing. I think it's part of it. Like at the end of the day, you still have to win. You still have to perform. But I think success is, you know, it's a, it's, are you making growth from where you started, you know, in a positive direction? Mm-hmm. Are you making positive growth, you know, every day, every year? You know, I mean, because when, you, you know, if you do that, then the wins are going to come with, then you are going to start winning. You are going to start performing. So, you know, that you know, success is positive growth over a period of time. And I think, you know, when we talk, you know, go back to when we talked about the Midwest and Midwest teams and different sports, like you look at them, right? They've had success over a long period of time and it's positive growth, right? And that's just what it is every year and every year they get better. Um, most successful person. Um, what's that? Based off of that de- definition. Um. Um, I guess so. I won't use like I won't use any like uh, Iowa State because I would probably pick um, probably my brother. Um, so my brother, um, surprisingly, is not six five, three hundred fifteen pounds like I was. Uh, my brother is about five ten, five eleven. You know, about two thirty. Right? He's built like a box. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you can imagine a walking box, that's my brother. <laughs> but my brother, he, you know, he was kind of the person I looked at when I was in high school. 
you know, he was a state qualifying wrestler both years. The senior year, he went like 35 and one. Oh, wow. Um, you know, being 5'10", 235, you know, he was, a, you know, an all-state nose guard and 3A football in Iowa. And um, <clears throat> I just think what he, he took what he had, right? Obviously, he didn't have the measurements, but he made the most of it. And like, when you go back and look at wrestling, like he got better every year. In football, he got better every year. And so I think just early on, that was kind of the first person, you know, I really saw, I think, being you know, successful. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of people I could talk about. I could keep talking about Iowa State, but I think definitely my brother would probably be um, that person. So, and now he's uh, helping me get into the coaching game. So, obviously, a lot of credit to him. So, so if, if you guys wrestled right now, who would win? Uh, he would. He definitely would um, because he knows moves. <laughs> and he knows leverage. And he maybe have he probably has two minutes left in him. You know, that's that's it. Two minutes stops. Right. So all I gotta do is make it to that third period. Even then to the second period, I, I'd get him. But um, you know, he'd come out, you know, you know, pissed in vinegar and you know, beat my ass right away. So but deal. Excellent. Well, Josh, uh, we thank you very much for joining us on the pod. Uh, it's always fun to kind of hear a perspective on, you know, just football and life from, from someone like you, but in the middle of, of hate week, uh, it's that much more fun to, to hear someone who's kind of lived through that. And particularly someone from, from Iowa who who grew up in the middle of this. So thank you very much for for sharing all of your experiences, all, all of your your memories. Uh, is there anything else that you kind of want to say about the game about really anything you could you could plug your your whatever you want to plug. I don't I don't care. I guess the floor is yours. So what what do you got for us, Josh? Um, I guess to end with, you know, um... You know, going to Iowa State was probably the best decision I've made so far in my life uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, with my family being able to see me, you know, creating new friends. Um, obviously, um, I met my girlfriend there. I got, you know, experienced all the traditions at Iowa State. You know, it's it's definitely a special place. And, and uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm proud to be, you know, a product of the Campbell culture. Um, you know, that's something that I, I hold close to me. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I don't know, I guess that that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what I want to end with. Um, and I guess I'd also say, you know, uh, uh, please make the sport more aggressive. Um, it is, I feel like going very soft. So I have to make sure to let people know <laughs> that the more aggressive it is, the better it's going to be. And, um, and I guess I'd give a shout out to, uh, I'm helping my brother coach in Eastern Iowa over in Durant, Iowa, the Durant Wildcats. Oh, that's my high, my rival high school. Do you have a I'm a Wilton Beaver. That's yeah. right, baby. Go, yeah, go Wildcats, right? <laughs> go Wildcats. Right? Go, go Wildcats. Um, yeah, my Aaron, Aaron, Aaron is going to be so happy about that one. Another podcast I do, the co-host, is a Durant grad. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, well, yeah, okay. I have to get a plug into uh, go Wildcats and obviously uh, um, go clones. And then, um, but yeah, so there's uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's my plug right there. So that, that's who I'm going to plug in. So, 
I love it. Um, that's uh, boy. All things aside, uh, Wildcats. So we got uh, Hey Week Two coming up next week. By the way, yeah, I love it. I love it. If, if you were on Twitter, I'd, I'd talk smack to you again. Um, no, that that's fantastic. Uh, Chris, is there anything else that you want to add or, or or talk about? No, this is this has been great. Uh, I think. Uh, no, let's let's bring you and Julian on. Uh, if we make the Big Twelve Championship game, we'll bring you guys on. We'll break that down. Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right. Excellent. Much. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you, Josh, very much. I appreciate it. Once again, you guys have wasted another hour and change with old man strength. We very much appreciate you guys listening. Please make sure to check us out uh, on Twitter. We are strength underscore old. Chris is Sigrad grad, dad. I am Tim Johnson, MN. And please, again, visit the tailgate society.com for all of the great content now that we are really into, I think, the most wonderful time of the year, which is college football season. Uh, you're seeing some great content being uh, cranked out. Please listen to all the other podcasts, everything from drunk dialing to matinee baseball to culture check to bitter units. I'm sure I'm missing seven more, uh, but great content. We're not that drunk coming back during the football season for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of great content. Um, and once again, we want to thank our guest, Josh Kniffle for being just fantastic and, and hanging out and chatting with us. So with that, we will see you guys next time. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours terrorizing street corners Just to try to get some supper in our hands Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest Green buddy murder until someone understands That it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women I make this noise just because I can And we'll all join in To that original sin